Hello and welcome to Unlock Your Vitality with Magali on a Journey. I'm your host, Magali Matthew. Here we cover all things vitality, that is living full of energy. From gut health to spirituality, nutrition to movement, we peel back the layers and unlock ways to heal and feel our best selves, one conscious habit at a time. Stick around, let's dive on in. I'm so excited you're here. Hello friends, this week we have such a special guest, my bestie. We've got Nadia Kravitz on the show. She is going to tell you oh, so many beautiful things. We have been friends for a really long time. You'll hear since when and all those details and how we met. And I really want to share this because I think that we don't talk enough about friendships and as adults and in our 30s and also what long distance friendships look like because you know you might not live in the place that you went to college and where you have some of your closest friends Nadia and I are college besties and yeah how important it is to also continue to grow and evolve in these relationships and friendships and I think we talk a lot about work on here. We've talked a lot about relationships with Raul and all these things. And I really wanted to create space for a place of friendship. So I'm so grateful that Nadia came on. She is going to tell you all about her life. And yeah, I hope you really, really, really love the episode. Thank you so much for being here, whether it's your first episode listening or you've been here many times. And if you enjoy, feel free to rate and review the show. And without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the show. I am so excited about today's very special guest. We have my dearest bestie, Nadia, on the show. Nadia, welcome to the pod. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) I've never been on a podcast. This is so exciting. Very exciting. This is going to be basically as if we are in a coffee shop having a conversation and you guys get to be a part of it. So I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for being here. We (laughs) let's take it back so people know who you are, how we got to know each other and become best friends, um, and all that. So we met in university at Royal Holloway, uh, University of London, where we studied in 2010, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Started in 2010. Sorry? We started in 2010. Mm -hmm. But you a little earlier, but until 2013. Yes, exactly. And then we both lived in London for a little while. I left a little bit earlier than you did. I want to just share with people what this topic is all about. And it's about long-distance friendships. Also, what it's like to make friends in your 30s. I think we talk a lot about romantic relationships, a lot about work and you know, aspirations and all those things, but I haven't yet had a conversation about what it means to continue to build a friendship when you live far away and also what it's like to build new friendships, have current friendships, whether it's like you live in the same place that you were born, all those things. So before we get into that, can you introduce yourself a little bit for people listening? 
Yeah, so um, I'm Nadia. I um, I know Max since yeah since 2010 since we studied together in Royal Holloway. Uh, we studied international business and management there together, and had many events, uh, <laughs> life events happen together <laughs> without going into depth. Um, yeah, and then after London, I continued to live there and work in London for a couple of years. I'm in hospitality. And then went on to do my master's in Madrid, where I moved for a year. Um, and that, then I moved back to Vienna and have since been working for a hotel brand that I've been with for almost six years at the end of the year. Love it. And so when you say you went back to Vienna, that's because that's where you grew up originally. Yes. Born and raised in Vienna up until when I was 18. And then I went to England um, and then I moved back to Vienna after my studies and working uh, where I was away for like around seven years. And then I moved back to Vienna. Uh, so my hometown and, and where I grew up. Yay. Amazing. Okay. Let's talk about friendships. <laughs> let's talk about long distance friendships. I guess just diving right into it. What are some of the things that you think are most important, whether it's things that like we've learned, whether it's things that you've had with other friendships in order to, you know, you did obviously your studies in two different places, like your undergrad and your postgrad. How do you keep in touch with a lot of people? What does that look like? What's important for you? I know I'm throwing a lot of different things here, but yeah, share with us your first thoughts. Yeah. So um, socials have, have made that a lot easier in, in order to stay in touch. No doubt about that. Um, if I think about, so there's friendships and people that I met in like different stages of my life. And, um, and so with some of these people, I have different ways of communicating because I've known them for a much longer time, but that kind of evolved naturally. Like friends that I've been with in high school that, I mean, from the days where we called each other every day after school <laughs> and our parents used to say like, what do you still have to say to each other when you see each other eight days, eight hours in school? Like a lot of my very close friends that um, I still have this relationship with now. And then I think obviously something that naturally progresses is that if you don't see friends of a certain group every day, like if they're not in your daily bubble, say that's a class or uni um, or work, then naturally those friendships will kind of change. I value my friendships so much that like people that I genuinely want to keep in my life, I make the effort of still keeping that bond going after my time in that bubble with them, if you want to call it. And that takes different shapes and forms. I think it's a bit of everything. I mean, if we go from voice notes to talking on the phone to long text messages, um, and I don't have a perfect way that I communicate with my friends. Um, yeah. So to answer your question, I think, of course, it's all about communication, but I think it's also about respecting boundaries. And I say that because there's times where you might not want to answer straight away or you just forget. And that doesn't mean that you are not thinking of a person or you like them any less or that you care less for them, but life just gets busy. And I think respecting healthy boundaries and knowing like okay if someone's not answering me for a week then that's fine that doesn't mean it'll change our friendship so yeah respecting boundaries and communication and also knowing 
what type of communication works best with my friends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I saw this meme of, um, of someone saying me listening to my, my best friend's voice, not in the bathroom. And it was like an eight minute long monologue, um, which I think everyone can relate to when, um, when you're updating a friend that you haven't seen in a while with like a long life update. But yeah, there's certain friends where we also had to have like, not difficult conversations, but just conversations where it was like, you're not a texter and that's okay. I just know that you're the type of friend that I need to call. Hmm. And I guess that also comes with just a, a certain time of knowing people. And that's not something you say in advance. Like after my studies, I didn't go to my friends and I'm like, okay, so how do you like communicating best? Like it's something that just grows and develops. Yeah. There's so many different things that you talked about that I'd love to dive into. I think the first one is this idea of the bubbles, which is so true that in like life, whether it's, you know, as you're first growing up and in school, and then if you go to college or if you work, like you are more naturally in these environments where, yeah, you are sharing something really big with somebody. And I think you and I experienced this and that's like what made us get so close and our bond be so strong because we were in one of those bubbles. Right. And so I think when you are meeting friends in an environment like that to then keep in touch is also easier because you've shared something so meaningful and deep. And I also think if I think about my time with like work friends in London, actually I don't have a ton that I keep in touch with like really, really closely from those years just because it wasn't work that I was like that passionate about. It was more like, you know, really nice to have these friends to make work fun, but it wasn't that like if we had, I don't know, met each other in a random place, like would we have become really close right away? I'm not sure. So I think also how you continue to keep in touch depends on what you connected on and obviously like just, yeah, what part of the bubble you were and, and how strong that was. You also touched on boundaries. I think this is a really, really big one. I think you and I have had conversations around like these of, if I can share, like Nadia and I are both quite sensitive beings <laughs> and, <laughs> and that <laughs> she's a cancer and I'm a cancer rising. So we share that. And I think the boundaries for me also goes back to as we've like grown up and gotten more mature and like worked a lot on our self-love is also, I can speak for myself. I used to think that if somebody doesn't answer me right away, it's like, oh, like they're not making the effort. They're not thinking about me. It was stemming from a place of feeling like therefore I did something wrong maybe and it was all stemming from a place of not being confident and like loving myself I think yeah that's an interesting point I had so I think in our age we like grew up with this digital time where you like we started text messaging and then it moved on to different forms of digital communication and I had a very similar thing like with texting that that stems from a quite a toxic friendship that I had where I always felt like if I wouldn't write something like this person would be mad at me and so that became a really weird way of staying in touch mm. so I totally relate to that and I think that's something that 
changes with the trust you have with different people, but definitely also what you said with, you think like, oh, someone mad at me, like they didn't respond in 24 hours. I think that probably changed for me in the last like three, four years, maybe, or maybe the pandemic when people had more time, it, it was kind of different. Mm -hmm. Maybe after the pandemic, when it kind of went back to normal life and you knew that people weren't just sitting on their couch all day, uh, <laughs> ready to answer everyone's text message. But no, that was a real, yeah, a real thing. And, and I know that some of my friends have that too. And, and my sister and my sister and I even have that. Then when we don't write each other, it's like, are you mad? And I'm like, no, not at all. <laughs> I just was just busy. Mm -hmm. So I think it's also setting expectations And with what you said about the bubbles as well, just one thing I wanted to reiterate that I kind of realized is that when you leave that bubble, there's like certain elements that in the beginning, you still kind of connect about things that mm. connected you in the past, whether that was the class or your studies or your friendship group. But then you also kind of realize that when those layers go away, you can have a deeper friendship with that person when life and whatever you're moving into becomes the bigger thing and that's also something really nice to evolve within friendships mm. that you know that you had this chapter and that was a great period but you're also able to evolve in a deeper friendship because you know that your life moves into a different phase and that's something really special mm. at least I feel yeah for sure and I loved um how you talked about the different communication like ways of communicating I think that Yeah, whether people prefer just like having little texts here and there and then being like, hey, let's, for example, one of my really close friends that you know well, Annie, she and I were like during the pandemic, she's not somebody who, I don't know, like in the keeping in touch um, and texting, unless it's like you're there with her, it was, it just didn't flow as naturally. And so we were like, okay. Let's just set a time in the calendar every two weeks that we would chat. And so now, and actually it's been going on for almost three years now where like every other week, obviously if there's, you know, something going on, it's like, that's how it works with her and I, and that it's a long, like hour, two hour conversation every other week. And then in between there isn't much, right? Whereas you and I, it's like a lot more regular updates. Also, I think the time zone has a huge issue, right? Or factor um, that plays like we have nine hour time difference. Yeah. And so often that played into it where, I mean, I was so grateful when voice notes became a thing. <laughs> and I know that sometimes yeah. we send really long voice notes to each other, but it's such a nice way of being able to hear more also. because I feel like sometimes by text, there's just a lot of things that get lost, like the nuances And then I think the other thing is you also know if somebody is texting you all the time and then not texting you, it's funny because it used to be like, if I don't hear from Nadia, like, oh my gosh, did I do something to bother her? But now I also know that it's like, if I don't hear from her, it's like time to check in with her and see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I think that also comes back to like how well you know someone and how your dynamic is with them to what I said. Like, Yeah, I think in our dynamic, it definitely is like if I wouldn't hear from you like in a week or something, I'd also divert more to, okay, what's happening? Like what's going on? But that's super different with other friendships. Um, and that doesn't mean you care less in any way. It's just your mode of, of communication, right? Mm -hmm. Like I have one very close friend of mine and we would not like sometimes would not answer each other like two, three days, like at a time. 
I would always start with like apologizing for not answering in like 48 hours. And she did two until she sent me a voice note once. Um, this is my good friend, Kath, by the way. So shout out. <laughs> and she said, we need to stop apologizing because we both know we like love each other, respect each other. Like we, there's no reason to apologize. We both know we're just busy. Mm-hmm. And the other day I was sending her a voice note and I started off with, oh, I'm so sorry. And then I deleted that voice note <laughs> and I started again. And just, but it's those small things. Like it, doesn't mean any less um it's just also how you talk to people or how you communicate um with someone and yeah I have the same with a lot of my friendships I think one thing about voice notes is that I love it too especially for like time zones um like for you and I I mean it's so different because like you know when your day starts mine ends so it's nice to have your daily updates I think one thing I've noticed more about voice notes is that it can feel sometimes like such a monologue and you're like telling someone such important things when all you really want is them for them to react when you're Mm -hmm. saying like, Oh my God, this went like that and that. And all you really want is the other person to answer right away. Mm -hmm. And that's something I think that's important that that doesn't like fall away with real conversations because when you're on the phone or like there's certain things between you and I, for instance, when I, or you say, Hey, this is something like, I'll tell you on the phone. Yeah. And I do this like consciously because I'm like, no, I need to hear your live reaction. I can't be <laughs> sitting in a bus updating you about like, I don't know, some kind of story, if you know what I mean. And, and to feel like I'm not getting like a response initially. So, mm. or directly. So yeah, that's choosing also where I want to share what. Yeah, for sure. I think so. Another thing that I've personally experienced with moving away. So, um, you obviously know this for anybody who's listening that doesn't know I've moved like every three to five years. So long distance friendship is like all I've really known my whole life. Like that's just been, um, you know, you get really close to people and then you move away. And I think part of it has been really beautiful because it's shown me that if you really put in the effort and the other person does too, like you can stay just as close, even if you live really far away. I think the other thing that on a positive note, it does is that, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts because you obviously grew up for the first 18 years of your life in one place, moved around and then came back. There are a lot of your friends from like that first part of your life that are here. I don't personally have that right. And so the one thing that I think is also easy in a way of moving like that is that the friendships, which are not meant to be friendships naturally fade out, right? Unless you're in a group of friends that you're like always with them, it's just easier to understand like, hey, this no longer serves us, either of us kind of thing. And, you know, it doesn't mean there isn't love there. It's just like, we've continued to grow our separate paths. Whereas I think sometimes when you're physically always like with people, whether it's people you grew up with or whatever, it can be harder to be like, looking at something and be like, actually, I don't know if this still makes sense for us. You know, like maybe we need to just see each other less, or maybe we need to make new friendships because we evolve so much from like being a 10 year old girl to now in our (laughs) thirties. Yeah, for sure. I read an interesting article the other day, which was about falling out, like friendship falling, falling out and how it's not like talked about enough. I think I'm very, very lucky in that I have like a core group of my very close friends from school that I'm still like talk and hear each other every day. But even within that group, I know 
the dynamic just also naturally flows. Um, and that's also one thing with being like a group of friends. I think something that's also really important in friendship, I realized is that it naturally kind of just ebbs and flows. Like there might be times where not with everyone, but with some friends where I'm like, okay, I don't hear from them like two, three months. And those aren't really the people that I go to for like daily things that happen in my life, but that I still know that, Hey, if I would see you in like five months time, I'd know my catch up would be of the same quality and of the same importance to me. Mm. Yeah. I think it's an important thing to remember in, in valuing friendship because it's one thing about communicating, but I'm also a person like, I, I think you are too. I know that. Um, but we go into like a lot of depth. And for me, it's also the quality of my friendships. Like it's, of course, like we can send each other texts every day and be like, how are you? Good, good. Like, all fine. But that won't really make me know more about your life. Mm -hmm. And even if I, like with my close friends or if I, when I lived in England, for instance, and I wouldn't, you know, see my friends physically from back home uh, for a longer stretch of time. I have so much trust in my real friendships to know that that bond won't change. Mm -hmm. And that when you see someone like you just, it's really that cheesy quote that you see as well, which is like you, you can, you just pick up from where you left. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, I think, testament to also just a very strong friendship, regardless of how long you know someone or, or how new they are into your life, in your life. Yeah, for sure. I love that. It's so important to, know and trust that if it is a strong bond and I think part of it is like how long you've known each other but part of it is also just like you know how strong of a bond you have like I personally have even newer friendships that I still feel that even because we're traveling and doing other stuff and like if we don't see each other for a few months it's like oh so like what's life been the last few months so I think that's really really beautiful and it shows as you said the kind of importance of or the bond just the strength of the bond we've talked a lot about like keeping in touch and long distance friendships and things I feel like also touched on like you know friends we've had for a long time and obviously we've been friends for a long time what about being like newer friendships I feel like it's something I mean you know this because it was really hard for me. I've always had really close friends. And so there was a moment in living in um, San Francisco where like after the pandemic where a lot of people had left and I was like craving community and I felt like it wasn't happening. And today I feel really, really grateful that I have a beautiful community around. But what are your thoughts on creating new friendships? Yeah, like in your late 20s, 30s, whether it's, you know, how to do it and like, where do you go, especially in places when you're moving around a lot? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think it's harder said than done, to be honest. I am very fortunate that my, so the initial job I started right after my master's was also with a team of people that organically just also grew into friendships which I was really fortunate with when I moved here because it was the first time I lived in my own city since I was 18, which a lot of things had changed. And, you know, friendships were also from my friends that I knew from school, like they had built their own friendship groups and everyone, you know, took me in and I've known these people for a long time, but it was still different because they spent much more time with each other. So um, 
in terms of making new friendships, I think it's sometimes just naturally evolves with the people you spend more time with organically, if that's at work or if that's, I don't know, doing like going to yeah regular sports events. I mean, I personally have made friendships and like <laughs> new friendships in, in sports events, but I'm too in the zone maybe. <laughs> Well, I think it's because you um, have had beautiful, like, you've made such good friends from your work. I think that's that's clearly a place where you made really good friends in your in your 30s or late yeah. 20s, 30s. And so that's where it probably didn't feel like you needed to meet friends in, you know, a yeah. class or whatever. For sure. And then also, I think my previous job was also very... I was doing sales before, so that obviously involved with meeting a lot of people, going to a lot of events. And so that also kind of organically led to meeting a lot of people. That's not to say that I'm friends with all of these people personally now, but I think the nature of who I am is that with some conversations you have, um, that also can just lead to a certain depth and friendship from the beginning or something that also just develops. Um, and I also feel very lucky in that there are some clients that turned into friendships mm -hmm. and that's something special. I think when you're younger or when we're like in a certain environment, it's easier to make friends based on just your day to day. Like in university, I think we had like, I mean, we had group works, like literally every, in every class we were thrown with different like combinations. So you naturally spend more time together. I think it's harder to imagine going to a cafe and like going up to someone being like, Hey, like, what are you doing? Like, let's be friends. So I think the most important thing is just to trust like your intuition and just to expose yourself to different events or different um, experiences. There was an idea a friend of mine just had with doing a dinner where you invite a plus one that no one else at the party knows. Cool. And I love that idea. Yeah. Um, so we really wanted to do that because it's a great way for, other people to connect because everyone has their friendship groups right but then how can you make it like crisscross and how can other people meet each other from that so we really wanted to try that out and yeah I guess it's also just getting creative and sometimes also going back to digital the digital world like I see so many events and also like a in different platforms or hubs where people are like oh where friendships are even made in like common sections of a, of an Instagram post and people say, you know, meet up like that. And I personally haven't done it, but that's also where I think the digital landscape we're in now can be really helpful. Yeah. I know for you that we've spoken about this a lot. It's not to say that these are all the things to easily get friendships in like twenties and thirties. I think it's a hard thing sometimes as well, because you have your friends, you have your base of friends And so the question is, how can you let new people in, but still like authentically be yourself and not change who you are just for the sake of, oh, I need a new friend now, you know? Yeah. I think for me, the thing that was difficult is because during the pandemic, obviously we all dealt with different things. Like I was going through a burnout. I was getting engaged. Like there was a lot of life moments that I didn't see my closest best friends because the borders between the US and Europe were closed in the moments that felt like really big moments of my life. And I think that was really hard. 
obviously because, you know, there was a lot of restrictions from COVID and all these things. And because it was at a time where we decided to live in Florida. So we had a lot of family and some friends, but like it was different. And then coming back here, a ton of people had left some of the closest friends and it was the other big realization. And I wanted to talk about this is like, we're both European. And I think a lot of listeners are living in North America, whether they are from here or not. And it's a value that in Europe is very, very important friendships. And that is like valued a lot. A lot of the things that, you know, I love that you're saying you're lucky and you also put in a lot of work. Like I know you and you're the one that's going to like check in on everybody. That's going to ask how everybody's doing. That's going to plan stuff for everyone to hang out. And I think that's a beautiful value that you have. And also that is more common in Europe, like to go on trips with friends and to do things as groups. And I think that here, that was the other part is like, people are so focused on their work that I basically with my first company just like was working 24 seven. So I think there was a period in my life where I was working 24 seven, I was in a new relationship. And so those were like, those became my max priorities. And then I was keeping in touch with everybody that was like, you know, my closest friends that weren't living there, but I wasn't making as much effort, I guess, locally. And then also because I had friends from grad school and then a lot of them left. And then I was like, oh, wow, I'm in like this new place. And I love some of the things you mentioned of like how to meet people. For me, creating like events, community, like that's been a really, really beautiful way. I've been super grateful that a lot of friends from Raul's old work, like we became friends as groups, like whether it's couples or not, like just through his work, that's been really, really cool. I did meet a few girls on Instagram um, and then we like exchange and then we're like, let's go for dinner. And I remember the first one where I had dinner, I told you about it with her. I was like, kind of like worried at the beginning. Cause I'm like, I feel like I'm on a blind date. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I think it is taking the effort again. Like, I think it's important to mention just for the North American way, because it's such an individualistic culture. And I don't mean that in like necessarily, you know, it's, it's just, it is, it is what it is. And people are so focused on work that it can feel like, Oh, like extra effort to like go out for dinner or do this or do that. But it's so important. Community is so important. It gives us so much. It makes us so happy. And yeah, I feel really grateful that I've, Oh, I remember one more thing. Cause you mentioned the digital. I have a friend who, um, I think also living in San Francisco, it's one of these places where a lot of people come and like, will introduce each other like, hey, I have a friend that's just moving here. Like, you know, do you want to grab coffee or whatever? That's happened a few times. But also I have a friend who she met somebody through Bumble Friends. So obviously originally it's a dating app, but um, I think it's called Bumble BFF. And they like went for coffee and they like hang out all the time. Like they're so, so close and so, yeah, also breaking this, like, because as you said, going up to somebody in a cafe can be so daunting. And actually this morning, so there's a girl, I live in like a apartment complex and we have common areas like a pool and gym and thing. And I went to the gym this morning and there's this girl, I see her every time I go to the gym, I see her at the farmer's market. 
And like when I go on these long walks in the trails and I'm like, we like say hi to each other, but I'm like, we literally love to do the same things. And we've never gone up to each other to like, say like, should we do it together? And part of it is because it's like, we're in a rush in the morning and you, you'd like get a f- quick workout, whatever. But so it is like that much harder to do it in real life. And that's where I think in a way it's good and bad that technology gives us this, like, this because in the past you would do it, right? You would just go up to the person. I think that's an interesting one because, yeah, I think depending on how you're feeling that day, like if you're not in the mindset or you're generally not that type of character to go and just randomly talk to like talk to someone, that's totally okay. I think what I've noticed that the past two weeks, I deleted my Instagram app completely and I'll activate it again. But being off of Instagram um, or not feeling that if I basically would be in a cafe or somewhere, you'd automatically just reach to your phone to open the app just to scroll through it. And the mindfulness of not being connected on the apps or having to feel like I need to constantly hold my phone when I'd be in settings um, like a cafe or like somewhere uh, outside that I felt like it was the small, like the smallest little connections you'd make mm-hmm. with people. You're more aware of them just because you're not looking down at your phone the whole time. And so where that leads to is an open question. But I think that was one of the things I just noticed that when I was not on my phone the whole time, you're just, I was more aware of my surroundings to put it that way. And yeah, and where that leads you is, is an open question, but I know that you, because uh, you were saying this before, you definitely are in, in a, like the how you build like your community and how friendships form from that is so inspiring. And I know that that was also really important for you. And I think when you told me back then, I remember with um, the engagement and us not being there or like not seeing us for such a long time, like I couldn't relate because it was such a big milestone that, yeah, I'm not there yet. And when you were saying that it was, I couldn't really like understand it so much. But then when we had seen each other for uh, your bachelorette, when you came to Europe, it made it also clear how just all being together with your friends and all the people that meant so much, that means so much from you, from your different life phases, Mm -hmm. um, what that does to you, like how that changes you. um, Yeah, that's, that's the core of of any friendship. And that's beyond just seeing some like communicating or texting every day that's also just the moments of like physically being together that is really nice and since covid and lockdowns and doing like face-to-face catch-ups that's one thing but if you i think it's still important to make the conscious decision to um to also spend time uh with your friends one-on-one or just in person I got super emotional just now you tell like um sharing that. I think it's because the bachelorette was like when you're somebody like me who's traveled a lot and who has people that are in such different stages of life. I think everybody has friends from different stages of life, but sometimes they can meet each other if you live in a place where a lot of them live, right? Like thinking of you at your birthday parties, like your childhood friends and your work friends are invited kind of thing they might not become best friends, but like they do see each other, you know? And so I think, yeah, that was such a special moment of like, you know, you have those times very rarely and, and it was so beautiful. And I think that's just the other reality of living far away. And 
yeah, like I wish I could just pick all my people and be like, come right here. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and also family and all of that. And sometimes it makes me question like why we live so far away. And we're now in such a globalized world and it's so beautiful. And I mean, the lives we live is, you know, we're very, very privileged. We're so lucky. We're having amazing experiences. And I think sometimes I like question, yeah, just like what's important. And I know you and I have been trying to plan a trip and we've both been like so busy this year and just a lot of things going on. We're going to make it early 2024. We're going to make it happen. You guys are our witnesses. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. We have lots of locations. Maybe you can do a little poll and you guys can help us vote. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like prioritizing those things is so important and it's so easy to let it get, you know, like on the back burner. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, prioritizing, it's a very good word. And also as we, especially in our age group, like, you know, friends having babies, getting married um, and moving into just a different life stage. Yeah. Like you go through so much with your friendships and we know that that doesn't change with like whatever life phase you're in. But I think it's also about learning how to reprioritize it again. Mm -hmm. And coming back to what I said about boundaries, like I know from friends that, you know, if they just had a baby, like that's, there's totally different priorities in life and you <laughs> find different ways to being, to being close. But you know that these are people that have been with you through like thick and thin, mm -hmm. and that's not going to change from one day to the next, um, but it's just about a conscious decision, like in any relationship to maintain that. And I think one thing I, um, cause you were saying more about towards like a North American audience. I think one thing I notice so often, and I do it too, is that with like work colleagues that I'm not in touch with that maybe from like 20, 2014, 2015, um, that, you know, you just laterally grow out of life because you haven't seen these people in 10 years But then when something big happens in the world, you like reach out to them. And mm. sometimes I think that there's a bit of a, that you feel that there's a boundary, like, oh, I'm not going to write that person because we haven't talked for 10 years, but that there's no harm in that. And, and if maybe just reaching out to someone to be like, Hey, I hope you're okay. That shouldn't, not to say that you should only reach out when something happens, but that there shouldn't be such a fear involved in like, oh, I'm not going to write this person because we haven't spoken, mm. but to just go for it and, You never know where that leads you. And yeah, not being afraid to reconnect is what I'm trying to say. And you're the first one to do it. Like I remember when there was the earthquake in Morocco <clears throat> not too long ago. And you know that I have one of my closest friends who has her parents that live there. You were like the first one to be like. And I love that you do that. And I think that a lot of these things don't like some people – don't think about it in the same way. And I don't think that it's necessarily because they aren't like thoughtful or kind or compassionate. I think it's just, I don't know. I wonder if it's an, uh, what you just mentioned of like, because they're not, um, because they're worried like, oh, we haven't talked in a while or because it's not on their radar or I guess what I'm trying to say is I think that's you have like an extra special version of that 
And I think it's, yeah, you know, it's very beautiful. And it's also makes your close friends remember that like you're always thinking about them deeper than just like them and their family, but also their surroundings. Yeah, that's true. And I think sometimes, I mean, I don't always do it myself, but the other day there was a song that I heard and I remember it was a song that I that I really connected to with a work colleague in 2014. And I was like, ah, I should write that person Aww. because we had such good memories. And then I didn't do it. So I'm also <laughs> not. It's a, it's a, I love but it's it. just a small example, I guess, of like reconnecting because I think often we focus on like maintaining our friendships, the, the topic of new friendships, but then also just like reconnection and, and talking, yeah, being in touch with people. And, and sometimes a much deeper bond can form from that. So yeah, there's so many forms, but I think friendship is, um, I mean, you and I know how important it is um, to not only like us and our friendship, but that I think it's something interesting that we're in a phase in our life that we just definitely grew from like the student life we're in to like working life and being far away. Oh my gosh. I'm having like flashbacks of my, my breakups. <laughs> Nadia was like literally picking up the pieces. Oh my gosh. Those were, it's so crazy. I haven't thought about those times in a while because <laughs> they happened so long ago and with very different people, but I'll never forget the morning after one man who will not be named, um, ended a, rela <laughs> ended a relationship with me because he needed to focus on work more than, um, and I'm so grateful to this person because he really showed me, like, I think a lot of relationships can show you different things. And he really showed me like what a kind man can be. And yeah, it was really beautiful. But anyway, the next morning, um, I was like, first of all, that day, Nadia was like the first one to be in my apartment and like holding me. And the next morning, I remember there was like a delivery at work. And so I got like called down and then I go down. The worst part is I hadn't told all the like admins that we had broken up and they like knew that it was happening. And so they were like, Ooh, he sent you like something. <laughs> and then I was like, no, I don't think so. And then Nadia has sent me delicious cupcakes. So <laughs> it was very sweet. And then it was also like a funny way for me to be like, by the way, guys, <laughs> stop like ooing because this is actually breakup cupcakes. Not, <laughs> not like, <laughs> It was just a funny little story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not good times, but <laughs> I'm glad that it's remembered like that. Um, it's those instances where you definitely remember who was there. Honestly, it's such a cliche of a saying, but you do remember the people that were there for you in the hard times, like clear as day. Mm -hmm. And I could give numerous examples and as could you, but that's just something that sticks with you like... I think in a different piece uh, somewhere in your body than anything else and or in your memory, you know? For sure. <sighs> we could be talking forever, but we're going to do that off podcast. <laughs> I end every podcast with a few questions. So I'm going to ask those questions to you. The first one is, what unlocks your vitality these days? Mm. I think uh, long walks by myself. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. The next one is, what is on your nightstand? On my nightstand is a book, Lessons in Chemistry, which I've been very late with reading. 
friend Anna would laugh now because she says I've been reading this for so long. <laughs> it's Young Pueblo's book, Clarity and um, the Dark Blue. Yeah. Uh, that one. And my jewelry and my night lamp, which goes on, like, you know, where the light goes on to wake you up, like a light alarm. Yeah. Uh, with nature sounds, which has been a game changer. I love those. That's pretty much my nightstand. Amazing. The next one is, if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Mm, stay true to who you are because no one needs to change you for you to fit in. Hmm. The next one is, what are you saying no to these days? Is there something that you're saying no to? Phone calls, I, I don't know, actually, I'm trying to think. Is there, what am I saying no to these days? I feel like one of the big things, because we've also talked about a lot of this today, is very recently even, you've been like, I'm not going to feel like I have to answer so fast. Mm -hmm. And you, mm -hmm. you've been like, I, you know, if I don't answer you for two days, that's okay kind of thing. I don't know if that's, if you resonate with that. Yeah, for sure. I think it's that. I think that, um, yeah, I definitely would be someone that texts or back right away. Um, so I guess it's not saying no, but just so like, uh, I received it and I'll respond a little later. Um, just for my own boundary setting kind of, right? Yeah. Boundaries, my own thought. Yeah. A combination. Love it. The last one is what is one small like habit, something small that you have started doing that has had a big impact in your life? Uh, putting a timer on my Instagram for 30 minutes a day has had the biggest impact on my life recently uh, for the last two weeks. Hmm. Thank you so much, Nadia. I love you so much. Mm -hmm. This was so special. I'm so excited for everybody to get to know a little bit of you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, it was great. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye. Bye.